Hello and welcome to 60 Minutes With, with another Spotlight Remastered show. I'm Chris and in this episode we go back and listen to War Games. Uh, ben and I have a little chat about War Games the movie starring Matthew Broderick. And believe it or not, this show was originally released on the 7th of December 2013, which is crazy. Um, I know I say that every episode, but it is. It's just it seems like a long, long time ago. Um, having gone back and listened to the original show, Ben and I, as always, have a lot of fun with the movie. And Dave, who was with 80s Picture House, this is before 60 Minutes was 60 minutes with was a thing try saying that fast five times uh he gets a little mention as well which is kind of cool to go back to but anyway without further ado here is the show enjoy and we'll see you again soon for another spotlight remastered show shall we play a game oh <laughs> i think i missed them yeah weird isn't it yeah. love to how about global thermonuclear war? Wouldn't you prefer a good game of chess? <laughs> Later, let's play global thermonuclear war. Fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Same Coin Movie Show. I am Stabby from the Same Coin, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Ben Ford. All right, Governor. Hello. <laughs> I started to go into a bit of a Ben Ford. Da, 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 da. But you, no, you've never no. seen Star Wars, obviously. You wouldn't know about that. Well, I've, I've seen all. I've seen the first three, obviously, back in Dare. I did see them then, but I've not really revisited them. You know what I mean? So. Obviously, know all the characters and all the music and all that, but I've, I'm very, very sketchy on the stories, if you know what I mean. Mm. So, um, can't remember them. So little when I watched them, you know. So. Yeah, well, it's basically, um, you know, kind of a boy almost shags his sister at one point. Yes, yes, I'm willing to. <laughs> That's usually in my household. So. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we've only just started. We've only done a minute. I'm talking about incest. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, how is how are you? How are you, Ben? Are you okay? Too bad, mate. Yourself? I was going to ask how everybody was then, but nobody'd fucking answer. Well, they probably probably would, but I wouldn't know about it. How are you, everybody? All our dear listeners, how are you? I can imagine they're all nodding now in their vans or at home, sort of going, "Yeah, it's been great. I'm, I'm great. Thank you very much." Or other people ranting because they've had shitty days, but you know, yeah. Anyone who listens, we always love, don't we? So that's really really cool. Oh, definitely. And we've had some nice, more, more nice feedback, which is superb. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a bit late on show, aren't we? But it's, you know. Well, we had a few delays, like with me being sick, you know, pulling a sickie. Yeah. I can't remember why we actually, we, we could have done it last week. I'm just, I'm forgetting why we couldn't do it, but I don't know. I actually actually... went to the Tiger Tales concert, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. With Dave. Granddad Dave. Uh, I'd love to meet Dave. He's a nice bloke. He's a, he's a lovely bloke. You can tell by his voice. Yeah, he's he's a he's a soft and gentle man. In in his uh, probably private time, you can imagine him wearing a gimp suit though, or something. <laughs> <like that>. <laughs> <laughs> Being spanked. Oh mate. <laughs> Bring out the gimp. <laughs> he probably into all of that. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> when he hears this, oh dear. Anyway, so um, this is the movie show. Um, our rules, we'll just run through them very quickly. Um, we, we pick all our films from Netflix, the UK or the US version, and um, there's got to be some link between the films. Now, that could be anything. It could be an actor, it could be a um, musician, it could be a um, you know cinematographer, anything. As long as there's a link. James Earl Jones was our link for our first few shows, wasn't he? Is he coming back? He was our go-to guy. Now, I've picked something a little bit out of the box, I think, for this for the next show. But we've got to talk about this one first, haven't oh, we? Exactly. Bloody hell, I'm jumping ahead to the end before we've even got, <laughs> got there. Because um, um, last time you picked War, War Games, didn't you? Good, from 1983, yep. So what was the link from that and the previous? It was the writer, wasn't it? Was it Walter F. Parks, was it, I believe? Oh. Is it the writer? I think so. Yes. I've forgotten now. I'm pretty sure it was. He was one of the writers. There was a couple of writers, I believe. So, but... yes, well, he the link between Sneakers and uh, War Games is the writer. And I think there's some thematic links perhaps use nice big words there um i think just i mean generally there's some links between um this and sneakers in as much as the sort of the technology stuff isn't there and you know i think because we i mean you know let's not kid ourselves our main show you know the video game show we're sort of quite techie people aren't we we're into that sort of thing and i think i tend to i can i can sometimes steer towards these type of films that are quite techie if you know what i mean I mean, particularly with this, if, if, if there's any hint of any video games in the background, I tend to pick up on them. I quite like all that stuff that crop in. Well, my friend, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll see. Uh, it's a good surprise or a bad surprise. We'll, we'll find out. So that's the link. So you, you sound a little bit e- evil there, so I'm guessing. <laughs> so I'm clapping my hand. Are you going to give me a quiz? No, there's no quiz. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me... Oh, wait, no. When we get to it a bit later, I, I thought you were going to ask me uh, all the different names of the game, the arcade machines that were within this film, and I thought that would be a bit of a stretch, but... Well, I made a little bit of a note of them myself. Oh, I wasn't going to quiz you on them, to be fair. Oh, I was going to hope you would, and then I could guess if I get... Well, all right, I fucking will, then. No, I forgot them all now. It was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, OK. So, yes, we are talking about um, War Games from 1983... Starring Matthew Broderick, Dabney Coleman, Ali Sheedy, John Wood, and lots of other people that, you know, pop up in different films. But I think those are the main stars, aren't they? Yeah. So, um, I can't remember. Did we listen to the trailer first or did we do the synopsis? It's been that long. You know what? We've only done, what's this, our fourth show, isn't it, I believe? Yeah. And I've forgotten already. <laughs> <laughs> four, four shows might not sound much, but it is in terms of doing podcasting you know what i mean some people don't get past three so we're doing quite well there um i oh, have a feeling i have a feeling we do the trailer uh... oh, i think we do the trailer yes i believe so yes so ben i have a question to ask you mm-hmm. would you like to play a game <laughs> very good <laughs> uh, i could have done it in like would you like to play a game but that's kind of like jigsaw isn't it so yeah exactly or, this would, would you want to play a game 
This is more. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> in in typical early eighties computer talking in disguise. <laughs> well, I believe there is a link with him to this film. Actually, funnily enough. Who is that? Yes. Ooh, you have to surprise me with that one. So well, yes. I forgot it, but there definitely is. Oh. <laughs> Definitely, I'll briefly look at, look for it whilst everyone's listening to the trailer. Oh, wonderful. Well, yes, here is the trailer, everybody. Enjoy! David Lightman was a master at computer games. A fast thinker. Oh, David! Maybe you could tell us who first suggested the idea of reproduction without sex. Your wife? <laughs> Get out, baby. And a promising student at an old game Hi. with an electronic twist. Are those your grades? Yeah. I don't think that I deserved it, F. Do you? You can go to jail for that. Only if you're over 18. This computer company is coming out with these amazing new games in a couple of months. And I want to play those games. Wow. What? We got something. He found the right code word to play the game. We're in. But it was the wrong computer. Shall we play a game? How can I ask you that? How about mobile thermal nuclear war? Fine. All right. What the hell? The trajectory headings for multiple impact re-entry vehicles. What's that mean? I don't know, but it's great. All stations, this is Crystal Palace. I wonder if I should use my subs. 22 Typhoon-class submarines departing Petropavlov. What in the hell's happening here? Oh, my God. Shall we play? I have seven. Correction, eight. That's eight Redbirds. Get on the sack. Tell them to flush the bombers. Russians are still denying everything, sir. Who are you working with? Nobody. I don't have to leave you. Over day, we have Soviet missile warning. Based on your arrest, pending indictment for espionage. Espionage? Confidence is high. I repeat, confidence is high. Over day, is this an exercise? Negative, this is not an exercise. Give me the president on the horn. It's still playing the game. It's going to start a war. Close up the mouth. Is this a game or is it real? War games. Playing soon at a theater near you. Shall we play? Okay, so that was the trailer from War Games. Um, as I mentioned, this film is stars Matthew Broderick, um, Dabney Coleman, John Wood, Ali Sheedy, uh, Barry Corbin. I'm not going to read through the whole load of bloody people from IMDb. Um, but those are the, the main stars, um, I, I'd imagine. It was directed by uh, John Badham. I don't know if have you heard of him or any of his other stuff in the past? Must admit, no. I didn't do any research on that guy, I've got to be honest. Well, I mean, he's done quite a lot of interesting work, um, a lot of TV stuff in his early career. Um, I know him from uh, a few things. Have you seen The Hard Way with um, Michael J. Fox and James Woods? No. That's pretty good, actually. I quite like that. Um, I just get the feeling every time we do a recording, you're going to ask me the same question about a film, but it's going to be no. no. <laughs> you might surprise me. Okay. Um, how about uh, Bird on a Wire with Mel Gibson? Oh, yes, where she screams too goddamn much. And Goldie Horn. Yeah. Yes. She's all in, in that. Uh, I actually quite like that film. I like, quite like it. I remember seeing that at the cinema. Um, I never saw the cinema, but I watched it lo- loads on VHS back in the day. I watched it shitloads. Yeah. Hey. And I don't know why. Yeah. It's probably one of those that I remember enjoying it at the time, but I think if I watched it now, I'd probably think it was a bit shit. 
Yeah, probably right. Maybe that will come up one of these days. Maybe. Know. But Goldie Horn was quite fit at the time. I love Goldie Horn back in the day. Private Benjamin and that, you know. Ooh, yeah. oh, mm. Anyway, um, yeah, he did Short Circuit. Ah, I like, love that. Yeah. Uh, Stakeout, which I haven't seen. But... Oh, mate, mate, you have not seen Stakeout. That's with... Um... The Giz- Richard Dreyfus, yeah, um, Richard Dreyfus, that is great. Emilio Estevez, I really love that film. Ah, okay. Go back to because that might be another one of those ones that isn't quite so good, you know. But I definitely love that back in the day. Yeah, uh, it did Blue Thunder. I think the the movie with Roy Schneider and um, yeah, you know the helicopter. No, not seen it. Oh, okay. Um, he also did. Not believe, it, seen it. Yeah. Believe it or not, Saturday Night Fever. Oh, nineteen seventy seven. Wow, he's got quite an eclectic uh, mix of films here, by the sounds of it. Yeah, he's. I mean, more recently, I think it's more TV stuff. He's kind of like, you know, he's in the sort of, you know, 80s, 90s. uh, He he did a lot of stuff, uh, like he's worked with uh, Johnny Depp and uh, Wesley Snipes, like Drop Zone. And uh, he did the remake of uh, Nikita, uh, The Assassin. Oh, what's what's her name? Fonda. What's it? Uh, Henry Fonda, Jane Fonda. No, the girl. Jane Ah. Fonda. Oh, shit. Oh, the, oh, the young Bridget Fonda. Young Bridget Fonda. Fonda. Oh, I, yeah. like, I used to like her when she had that short hair. <laughs> <laughs> we really are a couple of pervs. Aren't we? <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah, he did this film. So, uh, yeah, like you say, he's got quite an uh, you know eclectic sort of, I guess, yeah. range of movies that he's worked on. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you know, you've got Matthew Broderick, um, which a lot of people remember him from Ferris Bueller. I think that's his go-to film. Have you got any memories of him or any kind of I think Just, he's really good in this actually. I think he's uh, he, he is great. I mean he's obviously he, he's playing a character who's meant to be late teens, I think 17, but I think he was about 21 when 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 he was in this made this film. Mm. Uh, certainly when it came out anyway. But that was the well like we said I think that was the trend people playing younger people who were actually older in real life. Yeah. But my memories of him growing up, he was just one of the he was like a pretty cool guy to sort of be into but i didn't see that many of his films actually in the 80s i think you mentioned last week project x which you haven't seen um that, that's a great film we must maybe look at that one day mm. but i remember him really a bit later on like uh, was it cable guy he crops up in and um with um do you remember that yeah jim carrey yeah. and he also obviously did godzilla didn't he that that remake oh that was a bit ropey yeah i don't remember it i remember watching it and thinking it was all right but that's really just you know it's pretty much a popcorn thing when it just it was pretty just shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think i'll say ferris bueller I've, I've, you know what i think i have seen bits of ferris bueller but i've never actually seen it from start to finish i don't think and i think i'm the I, I reckon i have seen it from start to finish and it is pretty much the one that a lot of people will really rate it highly put it right up there as one of the greatest films of the 80s mm. it's a serious so- serious statement to make and I need to rewatch that again sometime. Definitely. Yeah, well, I think it's uh, John Hughes, if I remember rightly, and he did a load of stuff, didn't like the Breakfast Club and. I adored John. Uh, yeah, I adored John Hughes. I thought he was superb. Yeah. Uh, particularly Planes, Trains, and Automobiles for me. I, I absolutely loved that film. Not actually seen that one. Oh mate, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know when I say to you sometimes, there's films I watch that I can repeatedly watch over and over again. That is one of them. John Candy and um, Steve Martin. Steve in, oh, it is quality. We are doing that film at some point. I'm telling you now. 
Well, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's one of those again. I think sort of like Soul Man, because uh, what was it playing? Playing trains was that nineteen eighty nine? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. So yeah, I think at that time in my life when I was I was just going starting secondary school. I think nineteen eighty seven. So it's kind of like I think because I was a fifteen, it was kind of just out of my radar. Whereas, do you know what I mean? I, mean? I was watching all that stuff. I was watching eighteens in nineteen eighty five. I used to sit there with my mum and we used to watch horror films and stuff. I do oh. remember watching Commando on video. That's, That's 85. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Predator shortly afterwards. So and I think they were like copies I used to get from my friends when I went to school. Anyway, we, we digress. So, yes, um, he's you know done a lot of work and stuff like that. And Dabney Coleman, I was remembering from 95. Mm. Um, I did as well. Yeah. Ali Sheedy, you know, um, Breakfast Club, you know. She was all put like that, that Brack Pack kind of, I guess, you know, teen heartthrob. Um, you know, whatever yes. you want to call them. Um, I think she's very cute in this film, but we'll talk about her in a little yeah. bit, yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> we are a couple of people. <laughs> anyway, so, but, uh, but something I found out that I didn't know <clears throat> was that um, this film, apparently, John Badham took over as director. He wasn't the original di- director. Um, a guy called Martin Brest, <laughs> no pun intended, um, was the, the guy. Uh, he did the original Beverly Hills Cop, Midnight Run, Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, that film with Ben Affleck, ben Affleck and uh, Jennifer Lopez, which I haven't seen, which is supposed to be one of the worst films ever. Geely? Never even heard of it, I've got to be honest. Oh, right, okay. Uh, it's supposed to be really bollocks, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, John Badham took over from him, and so the original scenes that were directed that were still in there, but apparently, so he took over for the majority of the... That's right. Apparently, you, you, apparently you can clearly see these scenes that have been left in there, because you can see it's from a different reel or something, but I've got to be honest... I didn't notice. No, I didn't really notice either, to be honest with you. Um, Do you want to give us the synopsis, please? Let's go for it. Okay, here we go. As we said, from 1983, it's an American Cold War science fiction film written by Lawrence Lasker and Walter F. Parks. The link from Sneakers. (laughs) Okay, the film follows David Lightman, who's played by Broderick. A young hacker, ooh, hackers again, who (laughs) who unwittingly accesses Whopper a United States military supercomputer programmed to predict possible outcomes of nuclear war. Do you want me to say any more than that? Or? No, I think that's a, that's a good sort of synopsis. It you know, yeah. sets the film up, doesn't it? It does set it up, and, and I think it, it, it's basically sets it up for... He basically plays around with the computer system, hacks into um, places that he doesn't realise that he's actually hacking into, and all hell breaks loose, basically. It's the, it's the end of the world as we know it. Yes, sort of thing. So, um, but no. So I mean, just go through the film as we always do. So it kind of opens up with these two dudes, and they're, they're going into this sort of super high tech bunker where yes. all, like the nukes are housed and everything else, and um, the, the, so they get this alarm call to enter the launch codes. And one of the dudes who's um, in there, he's Michael Madsen. I don't know if you recognised him. Well, the, the one on the left, the, the bigger chap, I recognise him, and I have no idea where he was. Oh no, no, Michael Madsen was one on the right, wasn't he? He was the yeah, he was the one on the right. So he's the one so, who actually turns the key, basically. Yeah. So yeah, so there's two dudes. They go into this kind of like, uh, you know, like little uh, room or whatever, where all, basically it's their responsibility to set the nukes off if they get an alarm call. And guess what happens? They get an alarm call, and the missiles are starting to get armed and everything else, and they're sweating. It's a pretty high tense, you yeah. know, scene and whatever, you know. And and the one guy, he's sort of like. I recognise him as well. Yeah, yeah I recognise him. He's been in different things. He's been in The Rock yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, but he's kind of like, he's ready to... to um, Michael Madsen's ready to, to 
turn the key and set the nukes off, but it, it requires two people. Um, and then, so, enough, I think of GTA when I think of Michael Madison. He, he did the voices in one of those games. I can't remember which one. I think GTA 3. I think he did. Vice City, maybe. Three. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's been. Oh, and I think, was it Celebrity Big Brother? Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. I never actually watched that. Neither. I, I didn't watch it. My wife no. did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wizard in the background. Oh, okay. So, was he any good in it? Did your wife think, or? Oh, I don't fucking know. I don't talk to her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So anyway, the, the the alarm calls go in, everything else, and these, t- you know, Michael Madsen's ready to sort of like turn the key, but the other guy, he's having doubts and everything. And he doesn't want to do it, and they've got like, like handguns and stuff like that. And Michael Madsen, he's ready to shoot the other guy. Let's be fair, because he's fucking Michael Madsen. You know, let's. You know, he'd probably cut the guy's ear off and torture him a bit. To be honest with you, have, have you seen Reservoir Dogs? So you know, he's Michael Madsen. You're not going to fuck around. Quickly, with him. Was you, I wasn't clear for whatever reason. I wasn't clear at this particular point that this was a simulation. No, I, it, it kind of comes across as it's the real thing. You know, but obviously this is how they test out the dudes. They have to do these random tests to make sure they would turn the key. You know, to to inflict World War Three. That's the whole point. They need to know that if push comes to shove, if it actually all kicked off, that these guys will do what they're instructed to do. That is well, the point. Yeah, and it got me thinking: uh, Could I do that? Do you know what I mean? Could could I press the button if I, if I was you? No. Would you? Would you wouldn't no. do it. Well, I wouldn't be doing that job for a start. I wouldn't bloody we'd be there in the first place. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like it, 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 quite tense watching it, wasn't it? And it oh was, yeah, yeah. I was sort of thinking, oh, what's going to happen? Sweating coming down, and I thought, oh, what is it? And, and then of course, who's the dude? And Madsen then pu- pu- pulls the gun out, like you said. And then it cuts away at that point, doesn't it? Well, it's like it's like kind of like the guy says who's, who's not willing to do it. You know, I want to be sure before I kill 20 million people because he picks up the phone. He's like, I want to phone somebody and ask them, is this real? And it's like you don't phone somebody. You just do it. You know, well, if you get the codes did. through, that's it. You do it. I just presumed he got shot at that point. Right. OK. Now, I, 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 he didn't get shot because oh, later on he kind of comes back. But it, it also made me think, like you said, you wouldn't be doing that job in the first place. It's all like it made me think, what would their job titles be? You know, m- nuker, um, mass murderer, yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. And how would you apply for that job? You know, it's sort of like, you know, can you handle pressure? Are you are you willing to nuke the fuck out of people? Well, sign here. It's sort of like you can imagine it being an advert on the canteen wall. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like an interesting job. I'll I'm apply get, for that. I'm getting the I'm getting the the feeling that this would they would do these drills quite often. Do you know what I mean? To make sure it happens. So, so this guy, obviously, you get some in, get some out. In other words, they obviously get lots of people doing this particular job. I mean, Madsen, like you said, was there, ready to go. He wanted to kill people. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, can imagine, okay, you can imagine he's a psycho, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be ready to do it. He can do it without the warning. Just like, <laughs> press the button. So, but no, um, I, I must admit, going back to the war games, I've seen bits of it, but I've never actually seen the whole film from start to finish. It's, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, I watched it all when I was much younger, probably back in the day. I can't remember, but I, it's surprising how much I remembered when I was watching it this time round. Right, okay. I, I never remembered of... that intro. Never remember. Never no, remember no. that start of the film. No. I remember the ending, but I, I, no, that's why I don't think I've actually seen the thing from start to finish. But anyway, then then it kind of like cuts away, and then like you say they they go to NORAD, which I've got to say is a pretty impressive set. It's uh, a better set than the original. I think they. Apparently, no, I looked into that. They, they did say that, that they spent an awful lot of money. I think, was it a million pounds? Yeah, sorry, you can sorry, really a million tell. Dollars. It was a million dollars set up. And apparently where when they actually went to... Because they obviously went to check the... They got to see the real NORAD, basically. And 
it's nothing like it's nowhere near as sophisticated as what this one looks like apparently oh really so what the the real norad's shit compared to well, this compared to this yes <laughs> not now but back in 80 or whatever 82 when they were making this film it was a lot worse it was very still set in um it's 60s vibe you know how it was okay know? so uh, norad's kind of like in this big bunker or whatever but it's, I, I always think of norad it's like the, the tracking of santa it's like you always go to norad yeah to i do it every year yeah, I do every <laughs> You know, not to sort of like where nuclear bombs are, you know. Did it stand for? I can't remember. Do you know what it was? Did you say? Hey? Did you say what NORAD stood for? I couldn't remember if you said it just I now. didn't actually know. No, I can't remember. No, I just wondered whether you did. So. No, I, I feel like I should have now. <laughs> You're the notes, man. I, yeah, I might, I might have written it down. Listen, I wrote these notes about two weeks ago, so I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> so, do you want me to tell you what it is? Go on. North American Aerospace Defence Command. That's that's that doesn't <laughs> work. Sorry, I just clicked on the link. God. North American. <laughs> it's North. Hold on. <laughs> that doesn't. That's Sorry. not right. That's, that's Naguk. Naduk. <laughs> Can we cut that bit out? Please? No, we'll keep that in. We've got to keep the fuck ups in. What the hell does Norad stand for then? Oh, who cares anyway? It's um. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Would be the first time myself so there we go but never mind so anyway they go to a norad i say it's really impressive and it turns out that like you say that whole thing was a test and it's a simulation because this is where you meet dabney coleman and uh, he's kind of in charge of all this kind of stuff and he suggests that they take the human elements elements out of the equation and they just like rely on this computer i really like dabney coleman yeah he's he's a he's still alive actually i think he's he's recently cropped up he's like in a (sighs) see uh, this is why I should write stuff down, but he's still about, he's still starring in like series and stuff and cropping up here and there. Yeah. Obviously, it looks very different now. I mean, he's still got the tash, but he's sort of very grey now. But by all accounts, I mean, really, he obviously was a lot younger back then. I mean, this is 30 years old, this film, but we're probably creeping up on how old he was back then. I know, it's scary, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he suggested let's get you know get rid of the humans because obviously they can't handle the pressure so we've got this computer and there's this general who is kind of like portrayed as this cigar smoking tobacco chewing texan who who doesn't agree with him um and that's barry corbin who, who plays this um this general uh general beringer and again where's he from i've seen him loads of times yeah he's been in loads he's one of these kind of character actors that you've seen pop up in different stuff and you know um yeah, he's he's been in lots of different things. So it's like, and and he's sort of like against it because he he you know saying no, we can't rely on computers, you know, because he's like old school kind of thing. Uh, and this is where you meet Whopper, which <laughs> I did actually write down what that stands for, which is War Operation Plan Response. I have to admit, I immediately thought of penis. All I thought about was fucking Burger King. That's all I is thought it? about when they kept talking about it. It's like I thought either way, we're both thinking of meat. <laughs> so but anyway all this machine does all this computer does is think about war it fucking loves war it's just constantly running through simulations about war it absolutely loves it it just lives and breathes as much as a computer can live and breathe like war it's like war war it's like war kind of thing you know anyway so so anyway they do remove the human beings from the equation and it's like you know no you thought like the guy gets shot and whatever but obviously you find out that he wasn't because he's taking all his stuff out, you know, of the out, out of that room. 
losing his job, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, so what job would you think he'd apply for after that? You know, he'd obviously just get deranked. He'd go down in section or something. You know, he'd be cleaning toilets or something like that. You know? Or it's like, you can't kill 20 million people, so we'll just give you a gun and you can shoot people. Yeah, we just, no, that's okay. You can just become a politician. It'll be fine. <laughs> They kill less. They just kill less. It's fine. <laughs> so anyway, um, this is when you sort of like go to um, to the arcade. Oh you, yeah. And you meet Matthews, um, Broderick's character, and uh, he's playing Gallagher. He is. Um, oh man, when they went to that arcade, I was just—it's kind of like a diner, isn't it? With loads of arcade machines. It's it like, brings, up mem- brings up memories of when I was a kid. I you just know? cried a little bit inside because I just yeah. thought, oh, what's happened to arcade? So anyway, I, go on, I wasn't going to test you, but what, what arcade machines did you see? I've actually just written down three. I, I you might... have. The problem is, I watched this about a week ago, or whenever it was last week I record, and I—I I remember thinking at the time I must remember some of these, but. For the love of God, I cannot remember a single one. Okay. Well, food I, fight or something like that. I, I think. What I saw there was Ms. Pac-Man. Ooh, no, I missed that one. Uh, Tron. Yes. Zaxxon. Uh, there was lots of others, but those are the ones that kind of stood out because um, it kind of got the pa- the camera pans over to him. Yeah. And he's going mental on Gallagher. Unless you're going to go back and pause it and have a good old check, it's not you know you're not really going to catch them away. So. Yeah, and I must admit at this point I'm loving the soundtrack because it kind of sounds like an eight bit video game. You know, it's yeah. kind of like really nice, kind of like uh, you know, Romeo Spectrum days and all that kind of stuff. Oh. Yeah. And um, so yeah, he, he's playing Gallagher, and this is something else that I found out about the show. Uh, show about the <laughs> film is that apparently the studio and this from imdb they they had uh, galaxian and gallic uh, arcade machines actually delivered to matthew broderick's home yes. he, he practiced on them for two months now he's playing this game this video game no you're gonna say for probably about 30 seconds on screen and he does it again later on in the film but he's also not massively great at it, if you see i think he gets shot at one point just thinking what kind of cushy job is this he gets sent an arcade machine to play video games. Imagine if he still kept it, it'd be worth a bloody fortune. Oh, you bastard. I'm so jealous at that point. But so anyway, um, he goes off to school and he's late, you know, because he's playing in the arcade and video games are evil and corrupt young people and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm. But anyway, and this is where you kind of like meet Ali Sheedy for the first time and she plays a, a character called Jennifer. And um, I've got to say, I thought she was really cute. In but the old hygiene, isn't she? You know, the old yeah. 80s hygiene. Later on, when she's in a gym like kind of like um, oh yeah not gym outfit you know the kind stretching of stretching all over the oh, place she's doing the splits oh, oh, that's, <laughs> that's one of my things in life to do that definitely <laughs> me do the splits but get oh, you do the splits the split. or no, get someone else do the splits do someone the doing the splits <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, you need to try and break them in two like, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway they're kind of like they're all prattling about in class and he's only, he's literally just walked in the in, he's late so, you know and then he's literally just walked into the classroom and he's and he's only there for like two minutes because he gets kicked out because he's taking the piss out of the, uh, the teacher. Does he make a sexual reference or something towards the teacher? To the teacher's wife, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so anyway, he's he has to go off to see the principal and he knows where they keep the password for the school computer. Yeah, how did how did he know that? I'm assuming because he's been there and you know loads of times, so he kind of and they're not very. Um, this okay. is the early 80s. I think you'd, you'd perhaps not think you'd have to hide so much stuff. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. I mean, we're, this is way before you shred your details or whatever. You just... I mean, cause it's like in a drawer, isn't it? Kind of like, you know, sellotape to the this, like, kind of like... Uh, the, the you know. It was actually one of those little pull-out, little long tray bits, wasn't it? You're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, and it, like, Jennifer 
gives him a lift home. You kind of assume... Well, on, this is on the motorbike, is it? Yeah, yeah, on a little motorbike. You cannot ride that for shit. No, I'd be really scared if I was on the back of that thing because um, you're, like, wobbling all over the place. Yeah. So, anyway, they go up to his room and and this is kind of thing, something that stood out for me. Now, I don't know about you, but so let's say, for instance, what was he, 16, 17? Maybe 17 years old. They're okay. both 17, yeah. Right. He's got a lock on his door from the, yeah. on the outside, which he unlocks with a key. And I was just thinking, what parent would allow that? Did you have a lock on your door? I've never, ever had locks. Never had needed to have locks. But I certainly had friends at school who had locks. You are kidding me. Seriously. No, 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 no. No, I mean, that, I mean, that... I mean, how old are they now? I think they're probably well about fifty-one, fifty-two now. I think probably both because they're both the same age, Ali Sheedy and Broderick. Yeah. Um, so they've got fifteen years on us. But even in my day, we had people. I had friends of mine who had locks, and they tended to be ultra nerdy weirdos. <laughs> and that was Just, before porn came out on the internet. Just think. Well, yeah, but my <laughs> mate definitely had a lock. A couple of my mates had locks. Yeah, I've never really known odd. that. Never known that before. I don't know about you, going as a general aside, as a parent, you know, if when your little girl grows grows up, if she's still living with you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't let her have a lock on the door, would you? So in a million years. No. <clears throat> Very strange behaviour. Anyway, so he, he's one of these ultra-nerdy blokes because uh, he's got loads of computer equipment in his room. The thing uh, is, he's ultra-nerdy, but he's also very cool. We find is. a couple of ultra-nerdies later. He, yeah, oh, God, they are ultra. They're scary nerdy. But but he's meant to be ultra nerdy, isn't he, in the sense of what he knows and what he understands. But a bit later on, he goes looking for help, mm. which doesn't add up to me. Well, everybody needs help. I mean, there's, I guess there's different levels of nerd nerdism. But this guy is break. Oh no, I suppose he didn't know what he was doing. To be fair, he was getting a little bit, you know, under the cosh. I suppose. Mm. Right. Wasn't he? He was not quite understanding what what was going on, so I suppose so. But even so, he was doing all sorts, wasn't he? I mean, I suppose you're going to discuss what he ends up doing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I say that just in his room and stuff, there's like these really massive floppy disks and everything else. There's like mm. dial-up internet. I mean, he's literally dial-up, you know, he's got a phone, he puts it into a cradle and everything else. And this is when he, he breaks into the school computer and he, he's, he goes to change their grades. Anyway, um, Jennifer's not happy about this and she sort of like orders him to change it back um but she then gets, she goes to give him a c i think the same as him was it a c and then when she walks out the room he, i mean obviously changes it back does he or is it yeah, uh, yeah he changes it back he sort of like goes, then it, it back to an a he actually gives her an a he does <laughs> so, so you know anyway he's he's sort of like a bit of a cheeky chappy and all this that and the other and so anyway um you go back to the two dudes, like I say, at the start, and they're taking all their stuff out, and you see this is where the computer's replacing them. This is where Whopper's get, getting in there. He's getting his, like, you know, his little wiry kind of, like, um, his fingers all over everything now. So, anyway, you go back to um, to David's house, and um, he's reading this magazine about a new computer game, and his dad... This is another thing that stood out for me. His dad is smearing butter on bread, okay? I mean, he's, like, literally like kind of like half a tub of butter kind of on this bread and i'm thinking fucking hell that's heart attack city but anyway he gets mum and dad were not all there were they're, they? no they're very it's almost like they weren't paying any attention to him whatsoever kind of thing you know so anyway he's putting this like but then he gets the bread and he takes his corn on the cob and he rolls it on the bread and i thought now, that's I a brilliant it... idea and do you know what i did exactly the same thing but i've also because right i've also seen people doing that before but I didn't realise what he was doing. 
Oh, I, but... thought, I thought he was going to eat this massive, thick spread, bloody bit of bread. Like, <laughs> that's going to be gross. And then when he started doing the cob thing, I was like, yeah, I've seen people do that before. I do it normally. I get a knife out and it goes all over the bloody place. Exactly. You know what I mean? I suppose, <clears throat> excuse me, because that's like a really <laughs> clever idea, isn't it? Because, like, you know, you say you get a bit of corn on the cob and you get a little knob of butter and um, you put it on and whatever. And it kind of like it goes on some bits and doesn't go on the bits. There, basically in one big blob normally, that's isn't it? That's amazing, though. You roll, you roll the corn on the cob in the bread, but then because the most of the butter would go away and you could, then you got a nice bit of butter bread afterwards that's a tip for everybody people you learn lots from this film you do butter your bread smear the fuck on it and then get some corn on the cob and there you, you go are you partial to corn on the cob because I bloody love it oh yeah it's nice Yeah, I like I'm it pro- toasted as well on the barbie oh really I've never tried that the only mm. problem is when it comes out the other end you always wonder why it comes out full like a no, whole, whole corn no. on the cob you're having a tight week haven't got much money it's fine you just re-eat it <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, uh, anyway um, so then it, David's looking at this thing uh, this magazine he wants this game and he starts to run this program to sort of like ask for the number of this, com- this computer company for, for some reason I didn't quite understand why he was doing that but I'm assuming no. so we could get the game well yeah I mean do you not remember that back in the day you did a lot of adverts for games in, in paper uh, sorry in magazines oh yeah yeah the actual advertising itself just really reminded me of my childhood. Yeah. But you're right. Why would he actually need to ring millions of numbers to try and get the game? I yeah, I, I, I didn't quite understand that. So anyway, um, the next day, he's back in the arcade. He's playing Gallagher. And uh, Jennifer asks him to change uh, the grades back, you know, uh, or change them to, to what they were. They're sort of like the, the good ones, the A's and everything else. And yeah, it's gonna... like she got over it quickly, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Cheeky little bitch. And then, <laughs> but then he confesses that he's already done it, and she's like, oh, you. Uh, oh, but... oh, you naughty boy. <laughs> and they go back to his house, and, and then they start breaking into stuff like Pan Am, and they're booking these tickets to Paris, you know, thinking nothing of it. And then sort of like they stumble across the, the, the games and whatever, and they're trying to access them. And they'll like tap, type help and a list of games pop up and actually made a note of the games that pop up. And because like, okay, right. They start... like a compendium of games you used to get back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, like sort of like a few on a tape or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they start off quite innocent. So you've got like um, Falcon's Maze, which sounds interesting, quite intriguing. Blackjack, Gin Rummy, Hearts, Bridge, Checkers, Chess, Poker. So, you know, they're quite mm. nice games or whatever. Then you get... Fighter combat, guerrilla engagement, desert warfare, air-to-ground actions. You know, again, you could think they're like um, arcade, you know, kind of action games, whatever. You know, like Desert Strike, you know, you remember that yeah. one? So, And then you get theatre-wide da- tactical warfare, theatre-wide biotoxic and chemical now, warfare. Now, at this point is where it's going downhill slowly. And I'm thinking to myself, these are games. And then you get global thermonuclear war. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, if that was me, I'd be thinking... It's a bit of a stretch, you know, playing a bit of blackjack or solitaire and it's like pops up. Do you want to play global thermonuclear war? I mean, like, what were these first lot of games? It's like, is it some kind of twisted form of checkers or gin rummy where actually the loser gets gassed or something like that? <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so they print off this list. And do you remember the old dot matrix printers yeah oh man and there's like loads of paper everywhere and and then this is where that you mentioned these like two nerdy bastards they take it to the, the um to these guys because he's a bit lost and whatever because he can't actually get in to play these games because the, the computer won't allow them and the one dude he kind of he looks and sounds like uh the guy from rain man 
I don't know. Well, he, but Holden, this guy to me is recognisable, and I don't know what for. He's been in. Uh, if we're talking about the guy with the glasses, I'm talking about the, the proper... Pee Wee Herman type looking. Yeah, that's the one. He was in Greece. He was. I don't know. Uh, oh, he's, he's one of the kind of the geeky dudes in Greece. That's where I recognise him from. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to call him Eugene. Don't know why. Yeah, because I, th- I think that's his name in Greece. Well, there we are. There that's you what... go. God, look at the brain working. Oh. It's amazing. Isn't it? The other guy did not look like a typical nerd to me. No, I suppose they kind of that's a balance that out. So he's kind of a bit of a fat slobby type. Do, do <laughs> I suppose think. nowadays they're sort of fat slobbies, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in the day they weren't. <laughs> and then it's like they're, they're chatting amongst themselves and whatever. And Matthew Broderick's asking him a few questions, and he starts like talking about a back door. And the rain man goes, <laughs> "It's like." Uh, he goes, there's a girl standing there, and you're talking about our back doors. Oh, <laughs> made me laugh. Super. Um, so then what do Jake, you mean by that? What, the back doors? I don't get it. The, the bottom. Jesting. <laughs> As if I wouldn't get that. Oh, fuck, something's just fallen over. <laughs> um, all right, so David starts um, sort of going through these games, but he hasn't got a password, and then he starts doing a bit of research, and he's going to the library, and he's looking at um, different stuff. And at one point, there's this creepy bit where he types Armageddon in, and, and you can see the reflection from the screen because he hasn't got a top off. So it, instead of watching porn, he's actually walk, knocking one out thinking about Armageddon. He's sort of like, you know, he's got his top off. You can imagine him naked. That He's like yeah. thinking about war, fucking Armageddon. I'm going to nuke the world. Woo! <laughs> so, anyway, um, so and then he finds out about Stephen Falcon, PhD. Yes. Um, and and how he designed a lot of the games and sort of the, the early artificial intelligence and then sort of how his wife and son died in a car crash and then he passed away. Um, and so he's like, you know, just learning about all this kind of stuff and, and everything else. And I'm thinking to myself, he was at one point, he was searching for a computer game and, and it's all led to this sort of stuff. But anyway, so yeah. J- Jennifer runs to David's house and she's in a jogging gear. Oh, yeah. She's in. She's all sweaty, and she look. Yeah. Oh, I think she looks great. Oh, she oh. does. I mean, she's she's sort of your girl next door type thing, isn't she? But yes. Do you know what she, I mean? She's not glamorous, is she? No, but she's... Just, oh, she is goddamn sexy. She's nice, isn't she? She's like... <laughs> she's nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, he's in his room and he's kind of like lying half naked and um, she's like... Says, he is like proper little boyish, isn't he? He is, me? yeah. He's got, you know, kind of... Uh, got his little pigeon chest kind of thing. <laughs> and he's like... Um, but you can imagine, it's like... Um, she, well, she says to him, oh, you haven't been at school all week. And it's like, and this is like what we were saying about his parents earlier on. Don't they give a shit? You know, you, you'd think that the school would be sort of like saying, um, your son hasn't been here for a week. We haven't seen him. And it's like... I do believe it was easier to bunk off back in those days, though. Do you think? Well, I think so. They're on your case now. They text you and God knows what these are. <laughs> do they text me for my son and my daughter and that sort of thing? All sorts of crap. But it's like, yeah, I think back in the day you could bunk off much easier. Why did they bunk but, off? No, 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 I meant they're just more on the case now. They'll actually text you now if your son comes in without his blazer. Or, you know, all the important stuff. You can get stabbed in school. They wouldn't text you back. <laughs> but all sorts of stuff going on. We're like, you know, just all sorts of bullying and stuff. That doesn't get reported. You know, you've got to keep the old statistics down. It's but, you know, you come in without the right socks. That's it. You're in trouble, mate. Oh, you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. God. It's the state of the... Uh, 
government, my friend. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, you're right. It's just um, it, it's it's funny, isn't it? How um, I've just forgotten the thread of what you were saying. But <laughs> no, well, he's just you know, so his parents don't seem to give a toss about it. But they are big. I think they they run big companies, don't they? They're rich, a rich family. I think that they're typical of the way you would think they are. They're just not really into their son and that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess they? that's kind of like makes sense because he has got look a lot of expensive looking equipment in his yeah. room, you know. Um, so anyway. They then start to watch this video about Falcon, and and Jennifer says, "Oh, he looks amazing." I, I couldn't believe it. She said that. No, oh, I thought, oh, "You dirty bitch! <laughs> you like a bit of old man." Well, was, <laughs> well, Dead old to, man. Well, he's meant. To, well, yeah, let's go and dig him up quick. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, but so anyway, you find out he said he died at age forty-one, and 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 they both comment, "Oh, that's pretty old." And I'm thinking, to, like you said earlier on about you, this is like we're sort of like getting up to his age now. Just thinking, oh my god. <laughs> oh. Fair. I mean, we look extremely good and fit, but you know. Oh, you I know. think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but anyway, they, that's when this is when they discover the password to the game is Falcon Sun, which is Joshua. Yes. Um, and they get in and they they start to ask it questions and it says shall we play shall we play a game kind of thing I think you can do it better than me um, but anyway instead of testing the water you know oh let's have a game of chess or checkers David goes balls deep into global thermonuclear warfare see I think look if we were into this day and age I think we wouldn't think too much about the name of that game I'm sure there are games out there on PC and stuff that actually sound like that. You'd easily play a game that sounds like that these days. Do you know what I mean? I guess. We've had everything, haven't we, now in video games? You know, we're, we're there now. If, there's not many named, not many games you can think of that haven't actually happened in the last 20-odd years, you know? I, I mean, I suppose as well, going back into that era, you know, with the whole Reagan stuff and everything. Not that I remember it because I was a kid at the time. But, um, you know, I guess it was all kind of like the Soviets and the USA, yeah, the nuclear arms race, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I suppose yeah. people were kind of fascinated with all that sort of stuff. Um, so, but anyway, he, he picks this game and the computer suggests, well, wouldn't you prefer a game of chess? Uh, but no, because he really wants to nuke the world. So he selects, you know, and then he Why selects... would the computer ask him that question? Uh, it would have had to be programmed to say that. Well, I guess like, like double check. Was it like a an extra security question? I guess because like you know, like why do you want to play this? Why don't you actually want to relax and play a nice game of chess? But no, he doesn't want to. He wants. No, that's to... what I'm saying. I think I'm guessing because of the, the, what what he's really getting himself into. You know, it's like a fail safe kind of thing. It's a fail safe, yeah. That's yeah. It's like oh, um, I'm sh- no. I'd... It's like oh yes, I did want to play chess. It's like, you know, he'll change my mind. Oh, you're right. Yeah, of course I did. I wanted to play chess. No, I didn't want to nuke the world. God. Oh, I clicked on the wrong button. What a dickhead. So, anyhow, um, so then he, he really wants to nuke the world because, like, you can pick different sides, like the US or the, the Soviets. And he selects the Soviets. And then he starts to select targets and stuff like that. And NORAD is going mental at this point. Absolutely crazy. Um, but they're both oblivious to it, you know. And so NORAD goes into DEFCON 3. Um I actually learned a bit, actually. I learned all the different ways, you know, how DEFCON works. I worked. It's quite interesting because I'm guessing that's how it works, the five levels in real life. Yeah. I guess it's like now in this country, wasn't it? They have like terrorist threat levels and stuff like that, don't they? You know, severe. Because I think we've been on like high risk, like the the basically not not the imminent threat, but one below that for some time, which is kind of worrying. (laughs) Well, I think it's just uh, without getting too political, I think, it, you know, it, it... it doesn't really. I think uh, for for real dangerous warfare, you know, stuff like nuclear and that, I think they've probably got a good hold on. But 
individual cases that can go on in this country, I think it's quite hard to keep an eye on, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, not to go too much um, into detail, but, I mean, I found out that um, in Wolverhampton, they have contingency plans in case there is a terrorist threat, and I'm just thinking, fucking hell. Really? This is all too real. It's like, yeah, it's like you wouldn't notice if a nuclear bomb had gone off in Wolverhampton, to be honest with you, but... um, (laughs) It might make the place look better. That's beside the point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so... They're getting into this game. His dad tells him to clean out the garbage and stuff. So he turns off his computer. Um, and the guy in charge of Whopper, uh, he runs up and, and he shouts, um, oh, no, it's a simulation. It's not real. And the general goes, whoa, you can't run in here. Someone might get hurt. Which kind of reminded me of, um, I'm not actually seeing the whole thing, but it's a famous clip from Doctor Strange Love. It's like, you know, you can't fight in the war room kind of thing. It's like, you know. Anyway, that made me smile. Um, <laughs> but then, so like, they discover that somebody's hacked into the system, and they were from Seattle, which is dangerous. Yeah, I mean, they actually presume it's the Russians, don't they? Obviously, at, at that point, yeah, they sort of like they think it's oh man, it's all kicking off, you know, whatever. It's all this, you know, this era as well. Obviously, because of it being the Cold War era and that, I mean, a lot of films base themselves on East, like East versus West and all that sort of thing. A lot of this happened in the mid eighties. Do you remember? Oh, I mean, yeah. films, even films like Rocky had that as a sort of you know Rocky Four as a. As a thing. Yeah, yeah oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's what's relevant only... at that time, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then sort of like David see, sees the news um, about the, the, all these nuclear issues and his phone starts to ring um, and he's in the kitchen. Um, and I mean, I'm just thinking like, you know, does he have the, the only phone in the house? Because it's, like it's like he has to go to his room to answer it kind of thing. Cause it's like he can... No, he's a rich kid who's got his own phone. Oh, man. Oh, hate him um so just a bit like i know i'm jumping forward here but just just in case you don't mention it there's a there is a bit where he eventually contacts jennifer okay mm-hmm. on a payphone, and he requests that she goes and books flights for him and i'm thinking which 17 year old do you, do you know <laughs> and pay for it yeah that is like a little bit later on in the film yeah little toss bags mm. start want to start a nuclear war bloody rich kids not like scutters like us what we were god you know we were bloody having fun grubbing in the in the cut yeah, that's what i was hoping these two would do in the point. canal you know no bloody happen in this does it <laughs> any action making dens well i don't think we did we get any action in this film i don't think so do we no i don't think there's any action between them no no it's kind of suggested but you know that they were gonna they i think they have a kiss at one point but anyway so um um so like he's on the phone uh because like jennifer's calling him and she's really excited about this that oh uh, they're nearly narrowly averted a nuclear war and she's like kind of like did we do all this kind of stuff and david starts to panic because he realizes the sort of like you know the shit that they're in um and he starts binning all these printouts and it's like whopper calls him and says <laughs> My primary goal is to win the game. And like a countdown timer starts. But I don't think he's kind of oblivious to it at this point. Um, it's utterly farcical, really, in real terms, isn't it? But... Yeah, it kind of, that bit kind of reminded me of like, you know, Freddy Krueger. You know, the bit in Nightmare on Elm Street where it's like he phones Nancy and the tongue comes through the phone. And he's like, a whopper. But you're going with it because, it, you know, it's just you're pulled into this film. You know, you are in there with it. But it is farcical. Some yeah, of it. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like sneakers, isn't it? I think if yeah, you yeah. if you examine it too deeply, you kind of start to pull it apart a little bit. But yeah, you know, you're going with it at this point, thinking, oh man, it's like they're on to him, and it's like Whoppers, kind of like they've got this countdown going on. Uh, but he pulls the, the pl- plug on his phone, whatever. 
but then he, he comes out of a 7-Eleven and he gets picked up by the FBI. Um, and then this is up. So they take him to NORAD. Right. Now, this is something else that stood out for me. <laughs> Right. You're talking about security and stuff in a bit later as well. Yeah, right? the security. Okay, we'll come to that in a minute. All right. So you'd imagine this is one of the, got to be one of the most secure places on the planet. You know, this is where they decide. You know, they goes to DEFCON one. You know, let's start a nuclear war. Let's decide where all the missiles are fired, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Let's guide all our subs. They're showing tourists around NORAD. Yeah. And I'm thinking, really? It must like, happen. Do you reckon? No way. No. Can't do, can it? It's like, oh, you can imagine some American couple going, hey, honey, where should we go for our day trip? Should we go to Disneyland, the Grand Canyon? Should we go to Universal Studios? Nah, fuck it. Let's go to NORAD. (laughs) Combat Operations Centre. But I've got a feeling you can go and have visits to, like, the White House and stuff. Possibly. I think you can. Mm. But then I think you're right. NORAD's a little bit more in-depth, isn't it? It's you, all... you think that they could be like Russian spies? Or yeah, tourists? but I'm sure they check these people out. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> I wouldn't have thought so. But yeah. anyway. Um, so anyway, Dave, I'll say he's on his way to NORAD, which I checked this out. Okay, it's about 1,500 miles from Seattle to Colorado. But it's like he's there. He's literally, he's got in a car and within a few minutes, he's there. Kind of thing. That's for film purposes, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sad though that I actually checked out. How far is Seattle from Colorado? Anyway, um, so then Dabney. Which Cole... Norad in this film is actually not exactly in the right place. They they situated it somewhere else. Oh really? To the original apparently. Yeah. I believe. So um, Dabney Coleman's going to a meeting because um, of obviously all the shit that happened. You know, going to DefCon three and everything else. And this is something else, right? He's chewing gum. Okay fine no problem and this woman's talking to him and she's kind of chatting to him and saying giving a bit of a heads up about the meeting you know who's in there and what they expect him to say etc blah 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 blah. and it's just like she you know um he she sort of like indicates that he's still chewing the gum so what does he do um he sort of like he, he hands her the chewing gum and she, instead of her going sort of like oh right okay i'll put it in a bit of tissue or whatever i'll throw it in the bin she sort of like looks at it goes oh well and pops it into her mouth yeah. and I'm, i think what i used to do that with my sister what? I used to do with my sister when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. She'd share it out. Like, she might nick maybe all the bubble gum and I'd go, give me some, and then she'd tear a bit off and I'd put it in my mouth. No, what, you, no but she, not that she'd chewed. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You dirty bugger. Actually. I'm not kissing her. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> That's practically kissing your sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we were talking about incest earlier, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but no. So that was a proper what the hell moment. You've just made me think about it actually, because I'm sure I'd seen it in a TV program or a film at some point in my when I was a kid. Um, I used to get chewing gum. Right, this is a bit dirty actually, but I'd put it on like a, a mirror or a. a, a glass or something like that and then sort of like think oh i'll save it for later and i'll put it in my mouth and nearly break my teeth because it had gone rock friggin hard i did not do that okay so we're both (laughs) (laughs) well if i had a sister or a brother then we might have shared chewing gum but obviously exactly but but i haven't so i i I kind of avoided that pleasure um So anyway, so used to you know she didn't she didn't used to like put it off with her her fingers and give it to me. I used to take it from her. With my... Oh, okay. I'm joking. <laughs> joking. So anyway, Dabney Coleman sort of like um, oh god, what's his fucking name? McKittrick. Hey, McKittrick. I'll just say Dabney Coleman. It's easier. So Dabney Coleman sort of like says we need to beef up security around the Whopper. 
And that just kind of made me think, oh, I really could kill a fucking Whopper right now. Well, I think I was cock. (laughs) 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 So, um, and then he starts chatting to David and he's kind of like interrogating him. He's pretending to be his friend, but he's kind of interrogating him at the same time. And he explicitly way he explains what DEFCON means, which I assume is where you kind of learn what, how it all works and everything else. That's for the benefit of the uh, the viewer, I'm assuming, you know, because what people might think, what the hell does DEFCON mean? It's, you know, it's something important. But anyway. Well, it's defence something, isn't it? Defence. It's it, Yeah, it's basically, if it goes to one, we're in the shit. I mean, what it actually stood for. That's what... Listen... If you'd have asked, I'd have researched this properly. If you... Oh, you know, you should have done. <laughs> so anyway, so David sort Spence of like... readiness condition. Oh, well done. Did you just look that up? Thank you, Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> so David says that um, it's like Whopper, and he, he's kind of referring him to Josh as Joshua. You know, he's actually kind of like making it to, out to be like a real person instead of like, you know, just kind of this mad computer that's, you know, loving war. Um, and, and he's like going, he says, oh, Joshua called me, and they're like, they don't believe him. Uh, and then sort of like, then somebody starts to change the launch codes, um, you know, which which won't work until they go to DEFCON 1. So like, so they're suggesting, um, well, let's just change the launch codes because um, they won't work unless it goes to DEFCON 1, right? So the, for me, the logical thing would be, well, let's set it to DEFCON 5. Let's get it away from, let's keep it away from DEFCON 1 as much as possible because if, if it goes to DEFCON 1, basically, that's it. It'll just set the bombs off. Let's, so... Is it not the other way around? Is it not five is the worst? No, five is the, the best. Five is good. One is bad. So, uh, but what does the general do? He sort of like, he goes from DEFCON 4 to DEFCON 3. And I'm thinking, no, go the other way. Put it back to DEFCON 5. Because if, you if you're there, then the computer can't do anything. You can't change them. You can't set the bombs off. That's right. There's nothing going on here. We're at DEFCON 5. Everything's perfect. Well, let's confuse the computer. But anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, Dabney, he sort of like leaves David alone in his office with access to a computer. I'm thinking, for oh, Christ's sake. Why would you put this hacker dude in a room with a computer? Exactly. He's caused all this trouble. You've bought him 1,500 miles to, you know, you've bought the, the FBI pick him up for Christ's sake. Oh, let's just leave him alone with a computer with access to fucking everything. You know, in, in NORAD, the, the whole defense system. Oh my god! And anyway, so this is where he discovers Falcon's address and um, Joshua's sort of like playing around, and this countdown timer's going down, and everybody's kind of going ape shit. Um, and anyway, they, they lock, then they lock uh, David in the infirmary. Yes. And and David, he does find. I must admit, it's quite ingenious. I think how he finds a way. Yeah, to... I didn't. I didn't get it really. So anyway, he, he well, he, he finds a way to break out. So he gets a dictaphone, and um, he sort of like he, he records the guard saying something so then he breaks into the thing the lock and it's like you know the he's typing in the code so then he can use that to escape which is quite clever i guess yeah, but it would have to t- it, t- so he's not recording the button presses no i think it's he actually is recording the button presses anyway it's been a little while since i've seen the film but it's so anyway, the security guard is in the meantime he's actually sexually harassing the nothing nurse. himself as well isn't he jesus he's yeah. like what's his name rico suave isn't he kind of like he's just absolutely loving himself he's got a little moustache but he's actually it's like proper sexually harassing the nurse and it's like uh, he must be laying it on really thick because the nurse is saying to him will you just leave me alone will you stop pestering me and so anyway david escapes and he joins the tourists and and that's caught at one point by the honorable security around there or whatever it is, didn't he? 
the security is pretty terrible. Yes. I mean, their security guards must be the ones from Sneakers because they're pretty ropey, weren't they? You know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's the same writer. So I'm assuming he writes like, let's just write some shitty security guards. So, anyway, um, so it's like, then you can see, because like, he's escaping and whatever, but Whopper is thrumming away. And there's a woman walking around it, right? Yeah. Making notes. Of what? I'm thinking, exactly. I'm thinking, what the fuck are you writing notes about? It's like, there's it's nothing. Like this, like, this LED went on, that one didn't. <laughs> there is literally nothing you could write. Oh, yeah, still flashing. Oh, yeah, yeah still flashing. I love that with the where they do. I mean, I can't believe these big systems are actually like this, even back in the day. Would they have all these lights flashing all over the place like that? Hmm. I think or is well. that what it was like back, you know, you know, in the, back in the fifties and sixties, you know, maybe they were. Everything was massive. It's a, this is a massive thing as well. It's a like, whopper, you know, isn't it? It has to be big and impressive and flashy lights and everything and whatever. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> this is the bit where you're referring to earlier on, where David uses a payphone uh, to, and he hacks into it because he's got no money. So he, he sort of like he screws off the mouthpiece, which I must admit I always remember doing that as a kid. It's just got, you know, because remember you have to use the, the old sort of like. Um, the proper handset that you have in doors, isn't it, really? Yeah, you because know, I think it may have been seeing this or seeing other things, you know, kind of like, I saw you like unscrew the, the handset and like pretend I was like doing something spy. Yeah, well, on a side note, do you remember, I, I, and this honestly happened, you used to get free phone calls by using the actual, because we used to have the old style phone, and you would tap all the numbers in on the receiver. Oh, no, I don't remember that. Yeah, you used to do that as a kid, and it definitely worked. Although oh. we thought we did, although we never paid the bill, did we? So we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we could have sworn it did. Oh, I now remember the old sort of like ring, you know, the the, the dial ones where you'd like, you know, you'd unscrew the mouthpiece, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, but you know, you remember, you remember the old one, dial ones where you put your finger in and, and yeah, no, that's what we used to have, yeah, as well. Yeah, oh god, oh man. <sighs> anyway, so um, he he sort of unscrews the mouthpiece and he gets a, a ring pull. Um, an old style ring pull as well. Do you remember those? God. Lucky, wasn't it? lucky you saw that there. Yeah, uh, from outside because he's next to the main road and he uses this to sort of like hack the phone. I don't know whether this is true or not, whether you could actually do it in real life. But this is where he phones Jennifer and yeah. she is doing the splits oh, in an, out, an, an 80s outfit. Oh. Oh. Just had to watch that bit for the a bit. The clothing as well. It's the 80s clothing. Just thinking about it because they're like proper sort of like, you know, the, the jogging uh, sort of like tight skin tight yes. bottoms and the long socks and everything else and they had proper bloody hips in those days as well these mm. so and this is where it's sort of like he asks her for the money so that he can yeah. fly to go and see falcon yeah didn't even blink at bat an eyelid she'd be like yeah right <laughs> but anyway she actually turns up so you know 1500 miles away she she must have got a flight there or something oh no i'm sorry so did was it not a trip Oh, yeah, no, she must have got a flight as well then. Yeah. Well, I got the feeling that he was flying nearer to her, if you know what I mean. I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway, she joins him, and yeah. um, this is where they kind of like they share a little tender moment on the ferry to go see Falcon, who lives on this island. Um, and then they go to Falcon's island, and he's flying this, uh, looks like Ter- a pterodactyl. Pterodactyl with a remote yeah. control, which is pretty cool. I'm it's pretty massive as well, isn't it? Proper, full size. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought. Hang on, he looks the same as he did when he was supposed to have died in 1973. Don't look 41. He hasn't aged a bit. No. But anyway, um, then shit starts getting real at NORAD because then they go to DEFCON 2 at this point. And I'm thinking, 
I haven't seen Dabney Coleman for a long time. Isn't he supposed to be in charge of this fucking thing? Mm-hmm. He was the one that said, let's replace the humans with computers. And he's like, yeah. it's all literally, let's say, it's all going to hell. The problem is, like, though, he, he does only work nine till five. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I like that. Um, so you meet Falcon. And you found out an interesting fact about uh, the, the, the guy who plays Falcon. His name's John Wood. Um and uh, but you found out a little interesting fact about the guy who was supposed to play him, or who it was written, originally intended to be written for. It was in, yes, it was intended to be written for none other than who you can't imagine a million years would actually play this part, <laughs> John Lennon. Because well, he'd be all like love and peace. So why the hell would they have thought? Oh, let's think of somebody who sets up a nuclear war machine. I've no idea. And also, they obviously realised he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the story it, it, the story comes off the back end. I think they it was sort of like late seventies. They had the idea of this film, but uh, I could not really place him in that part. If I'm honest, mm, I guess, I guess. So I mean, like, so could not imagine it at all. Well, I mean, they did some films, didn't they? The Beatles, but uh... imagine it. Oh God! <laughs> well done. Thank you. Oh my lord! I'm trying to think of a Beatles song. <laughs> I'm so shit at these games. Oh. Anyway, um, so Falcon starts telling David and Jennifer this story about dinosaurs, and and David, right, who is what, what was he, sixteen, seventeen? He appears to be drinking a glass of whiskey at this point. I don't know if you noticed. Cause it's not Coke. It's not like a you know a fizzy drink or anything like that. It's like one of those kind of like you know little glasses that you'd put. Uh, you know, a bit of whiskey. It was shot glass, wasn't it? Well, no, not shot glass. Uh, no, it's kind of like, you know, you put a bit of ice in. And... Tumbler. Yeah, that's the one. I was just, oh, that was a bit strange. Anyway, so um, basically, Falcon's sort of like saying, oh, he's given up, and he, he actually wants extinction. You know, he he can't give it, he doesn't give a shit about the world or anything like that. And they're like, there are 43 minutes um, to go to the countdown, and it's getting dark. And I'm thinking, there's 43 minutes left to this countdown. They had to take a ferry to get there. They've got to get back to NORAD. They had to get a flight or whatever. How the fuck are they going to do that in 43 minutes? But anyway, so David and Jennifer, they go outside because they think, oh, bollocks, he ain't going to do anything about it. And they start to get close and like they're about to have a little kiss and everything else. And then this chopper shows up and you start to think, oh, it's the FBI. They've, they've found them. They're going to pick them up. But actually, it's really, it's Falcon. So I suppose he has got a helicopter. So, you know, we can forgive them for that 43 minutes. Create a ropper has got a chopper. and and, right so shit is hitting the fan at norad because you go back to it and they're at they're at defcon one now which is nuclear war the bunker's shutting down they're going into preparation for the blast and this is you you see Dabney Coleman, he's been on a break, but he, he actually comes back and david and jennifer and falcon they're all racing to norad in a jeep I'm just thinking, <clears throat> why didn't they take the chopper the whole way? You know, where... well, maybe they, would they get shot down at that point? Maybe, I suppose, possibly. But anyway, they're getting you now tail arsing it to sort of um, get there. And it crashes, and that wasn't meant to be in the script. It's just it happened, and they carried on filming. Yeah, oh. I saw that. I thought it's a pretty impressive crash, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. So and then they just make it, and um, Falcon convinces them. Oh no, no, it's all a bluff. Do not retaliate. Do not retaliate, because they th- they think that the, the Russians are about to obliterate them at this point. And the screen then starts to go mental, and it's showing all the impacts going off everywhere. And the the, the, the general guy, he's got like people on the other end of the line where one of the explosions is about to go off. And I must admit. 
there's a pretty tense moment where it's quite tense. Yeah, the general sort of asks the other guy on the phone, and he's like, "Are you there? Are you there? Can you report back?" And the bastards don't answer. And you can just imagine that they're sort of on the other end of the phone, going sniggering to each other. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah. Pretend we're not here. <laughs> just, I actually, th- I thought this was the end of the film. Yeah, me too. Because I looked at the timer and I thought, shit, there's another twenty minutes left here. And I also thought to myself, what a piss poor ending at that point, if you know yeah. what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they realise that it's all bullshit and uh, Whopper's been playing games with them. And um, they're all happy, um, except Falcon, who can see that Whopper is actually starting to do something sinister now. And it locks it locks everybody out of the system. Now, forgive me for the life I cannot think why, but why does it start doing this? Because the countdown timer is finished and like it said to david the object of the game is to win so it's going to win at all costs and it would have to have been programmed to do that yeah well that's why falcon can see what it's up to because like everybody else is celebrating going yeah yeah and he's like looking at the screen going shit this is well, yeah but after the fact because he looked quite happy before that thinking it was all over uh, i don't know because oh, okay. he's super smart he's clever yeah, I don't know. Anyway, this part of the film, I don't know. So anyway, what's suspense, and that's what it's for. Yeah, I guess. And like you said, that would have been a shit ending. And they've got like, yes. oh man, we've got twenty minutes left. What can we do? Let's. Let, we need to do something else. So, um, Whopper is attempting to find the proper launch codes, and they've got like five minutes before it finds them. And again, this is a pretty tense scene. It's like, um, and David suggests that they actually play a game with Joshua. So like, whilst the numbers are counting down, he's getting like poo-pooed and people say, no, don't be such a fucking idiot, you're just a kid and this, that and the other. Well, not saying that because he's like a 12. Um, actually, I don't think there's any like F-words in this film, is there? No, I don't think so. Mm. No. And so what it, is the rating? What was it? Was It, it must be PG or whatever, PG. or wherever it is. They would, well, they wouldn't have 12s back in the day, would they? So, no. Yeah. Um, I think there's a few shits. <laughs> no pun intended um so anyway um so he suggests well let's play tic-tac-toe because or noughts and crosses because i've never played tic-tac-toe i've played noughts and crosses if you know we call, always call it noughts and i think t- well, tic-tac-toe is the american term isn't it yeah but they said um there's this because that's a game that nobody wins. You can't actually win. Oh, I've won. Oh, I no. fucking won a game. <laughs> I do it all the time. Yeah, if you're yeah. playing with a dopey shit, yeah, you, not can, you can definitely you can definitely put it in a position where they end up putting one, but you've got the other option to go yeah, somewhere. Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> God, I don't know. So um, and, and the, like they say, oh, let's play. Let let's get it to play tic tac toe itself. On. But, but we've, this is the first time we've mentioned tic-tac-toe but it came up earlier in the film didn't it i think because they kind of mention it, was it his me- son playing it or something or it's mentioned in passing yeah it's uh, kind of what i suppose it's one of those where it's mentioned in passing and you're kind of forget, supposed to forget about it but then yeah. it's like a critical part of the film yeah, because so, and a, a eureka moment isn't it yeah yeah so and it's like um the system starts freaking out and it's because it's it's trying combination after combination and it's like blowing a gasket and everything else uh, but and then you can actually see the missiles being launched on the screen and you're not sure if it's real or not and and then it's like like you say because nobody they realize that nobody can actually win a game of tic-tac-toe even though you can um but the reason i don't think it's real is because the amount of missiles that were kicking off there were tons I'm and gonna... they were going a hundred miles an hour like a thousand miles an hour do you know what i mean they were literally sort of like firing and landing within seconds weren't they yeah. um but then and it's like i suppose the 
the message is that, like, you know, they're saying that nobody can win a game of tic-tac-toe. Well, nobody wins in a game of nuclear war because we all become, we're all obliterated, aren't we? So, and, and it actually, Whopper then becomes a pacifist and everybody lives happily ever after. <laughs> and did you think that Whopper, when it was going around, you know, it's kind of like going around the actual machine. Yeah. At, at one point, he got a little face. It looked like it had got a little face, hadn't it? Actually, well, he's actually zoomed in on it for that reason. I, I thought so as well, just to give it a personality, I guess. Yeah. So that's, that's it. I mean, that 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 was War Games. Um, what did you think of it? You you'd seen it before. I hadn't. Well, I have to say, I still really enjoyed it. I did too. I thought Probably, you know, I've forgotten so much of it, but I've got to say, I just I, I particularly thought it was actually pretty well shot, and it was uh, I like the actors in there for the most part, you know, and um, I think the soundtrack was really good, and um, yeah, I just loved it. Yeah, I must admit, I really really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, me too. I think you could argue that it's aged a little bit in terms of like the floppy disk technology and all that kind of stuff. But I think, like with sneakers, the the main story and everything else, the tense moments, the excitement, the, the actors and everything else, the direction, whatever you want to say, it kind of all pulls it through. It makes you forget about it. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't stand out too much. Yeah, and it all looked, when I say it was shot really well, it's like the actual screens themselves, you know, for the actual missile launches and all that sort of stuff. They were special, bespoke um, systems they put in place because the real nor uh, the real norad place doesn't have that, that high quality images going on apparently so that's kind of worrying that they would be, they'd be willing to spend well, a million pounds a million dollars or whatever or make the actual a film set look better well, than because, the actual one that's supposed to be protecting but, but they, apparently they wouldn't show it they wouldn't show up properly on the film on the recording equipment if they'd stuck with what they actually used at norad it just didn't show up properly when filming so they had to invest in these high quality, high higher definition um, TV screens. Really? Yes. So, and what it actually done is, I sort of read, I think I read somewhere else as well. They actually it gave the government a pretty a kick up the arse to actually sort Norad out after 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 this sort of. Oh came out. wow! Yeah, and so they actually then invested a lot more money into it. I mean, I, I imagine it's pretty much high, but it must be very much high tech. But that's the thing when you look at this. Apart from the, the fact it is sort of still old fashioned type computers and stuff, it was really high tech in its look. If you know what I mean. Mm. So, I, I just thought it was great. You know, must yeah, I, I'd, I'd recommend people go out and watch it. It's uh, yeah, it's another good pick. If anything, just hoping that Ali would get a next down. <laughs> <laughs> just for that although we've ruined it now because we told them they don't but uh, pretend you don't know yeah well we kind of spo- oh shit we didn't do it again fucking hell we've done the film spoiler <laughs> <laughs> they know oh god oh I am going to have to put that in the notes I'm sure in fact I'm sure I do put it in the notes yes I'll put it in bold for Christ's sake spoiler alert <sighs> funny thing is we could actually just record that now like we'll say it now properly and you could just snip it and put it in place I ain't going to fucking do that though <laughs> Um, right, okay. <laughs> so, oh, I'm getting um, excited now. Hey? I'm getting excited now. It's not, it is exciting, isn't it, when you uh, kind of, you know, get to find out what what yeah. I'm going to pick or what the other person's going to pick. So, um, right, my link from um, War Games to the film that we're going to watch is uh, a man called William A. Fraker who sadly passed away, but um, he was the um, cinematographer for War Games. In fact, I think he was nominated for an Oscar Ooh. for it. So, he's, you know... Just we go on here as well, one guy I wanted to mention, sorry, I know we're in the middle of doing it, but but it was, was it Michael Ensign? Do you recognise him? 
Uh, Saw him, I instantly thought of Ghostbusters. Yes, yes, he. The hotelier, wasn't he? The the, the, yes. um, the on the desk. Um, he was um, the general. Like the, the general's yeah, kind of like aide, wasn't he? Yes. Sort of like, yes. I, I, I just wanted to mention him. Sorry, I just thought of it as you mentioned people. I thought, oh, I better just mention him because I instantly thought of Ghostbusters when I saw him. Yes, yes. Anyway, carry on, sir. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, like you know obviously talented like I say he's been nominated for uh, six oscars in his career oh. um so and he's worked on lots of different films uh like bullet uh steve mcqueen um m- more recently he's worked on tombstone okay uh kurt russell the freshman which is a link from to matthew broderick because uh, he was in that um but the film that we are going to watch and this is why i said that there is a link to video games <gasps> Because he actually worked on Street Fighter, the movie. We are not watching that. So <laughs> I did say to you, I said, shall we watch? I can pick a decent film. Which no, you didn't. Probably... You never asked me this. I did. I bloody no, did. No, no, no. You asked me before before you picked sneakers. No, it was this one. Was it? I'm sure it was. Damn it. <laughs> Bloody Van Damme and Kylie Minogue are going to laugh, aren't you? Yeah, so we're going to watch for our next film, Street Fighter from 1994. Woo. Oh, my God. How exciting. Have you seen it before? Yes. Okay. I All saw right. it when it first came out. Did you? Did you yep. see it? Oh, well, we'll talk about it. You even bought the game. Remember the game that came out on PlayStation and the Sega Saturn? I had that on the 3DO. And the 3DO came in that as well, I believe. And it was... I loved it at the time because I was blown away by the photorealistic sprites. Well, it was Mortal Kombat, had... Street Fighter, wasn't it? Yeah, kind of. Because hey? it was like yeah, it was basically yeah, but it actually actually had like proper um, characters like lifted, like motion, like um, sorry, photorealistic characters lifted from the film. But the actual game was dog awful. It you was know? pretty bad. Yeah. But well, I remember being in denial at the point when I was playing it. I thought it was superb. You know, that was like a fifty-pound game back in the day. You oh know? yeah. I so can't gonna, wait to see this again. We're going to watch Street Fighter. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, she played Cammy. Am I right to say she played Cammy? Kylie Minogue, yeah, she was Cammy. Lieutenant Cammy. And then he played Guile, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we'll have some fun with that. So um, that's going to be our next film, um, we'll, which we'll, we'll talk about in a couple of weeks' time. And... Uh, yeah, so that was it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You can check us out at 60 Minutes With on Twitter and at www.60minuteswith.co.uk. Uh, where can they find you, Ben? At xx40xx. And I'm at Dastardly Jabby. We'll see you next time for some Street Fighter. Fight! Hadouken! <laughs> see you soon, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
Ass pick that is. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Although I love cheesy movies because we'll have a good laugh with this one. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, I think so. Yeah.